0: Let's pray, come on, let's stand surrendered. Really just trust God to speak to us. Thank you. God, we just wanna come to you in this moment and really ask you to do something supernatural in our life that today would lead to such a great victory, uh, that today would position us, that today would be, um, add yeah, a structure in our life that you can grow fruit on. Um, so we come to you, God, and we are asking you to speak to us as we look at your word. God, we have a desire to do your will, and even as we have this desire, we submit to you now. And we resist the devil, and we thank you that he has to flee. Pray to protection around us and our children. Pray in the hedge that you would bring freedom, salvation, healing, breakthrough. Give us wisdom and direct us in Jesus' name. And everyone believed and said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. I just want to welcome everyone in View in Camps Bay. We're also meeting in Malkbus this morning. And then we also are online. Um, we're on Facebook, View Church, Table View, View Church, Camps Bay, View Church, Malkbus. You can go onto any of the platforms. Of course, why don't you jump into View Church, Table View, or Camps Bay and share the service? Um, and remember, you can be generous in the season by just sharing the service. It's a simple way. Evangelism in this unique season is spelled S H A R E. Um, and remember, you're the most blessed in the place. You're generous. So why don't you serve? Uh, by sharing the service. And yeah, we're excited. You would have seen that that uh, last week, 10,000 people attended church in Zambia. And what's amazing is that project, uh, that got identified as an unreached people group. Uh, 20 years ago, Jenny uh, my, uh, Evans, my mother-in-law, and then Paul Van Coller, they went up there, and uh, another gentleman, Dr. Dave Weber, they went up there, and they just went in a bucket and looked at the place. And then, of course, this dream was birthed. We ended up sending Paul and Marinette Pause in the associate pastor's church, and and there's a hospital, these orphanages, schools. It's just, it's just a miracle, and and so I think in the next month they're launching a radio station that will reach a million people. How crazy is that? And you guys are part of that. That's we we've got to overflow. So, I just honor you guys and just honor everyone who's played a part. I know the Sinclair family have played such a significant part there. Um, so, yeah, there's just an amazing, uh, it's an amazing testimony of what God can do with availability, just us being available. So, this morning we are starting a brand new series and it's called Rhythms of Grace. And what we want to do was um, help you end the season well this year well so that you can start the next one well and we want to give you guys some keys um, that you can put into place in your life that I believe is going to help you in this season and in the next and I want to remind you that beginning of next year we encourage everyone to join us on a church fast and we will be starting that on the the ninth sorry the 10th of January um, I said in the law service the ninth but it's actually the 10th Monday the 10th what we do is we do a 21 day fast we, we encourage people for the the first 14 days to just do a Daniel fast—that's fruit and veg—and and so no sweets or meats. And then in that space, even when you hunger after uh, sweets and meats, we want to encourage you to when you would have been eating that sweet or meat, that you actually put time into relation with God. In a way, you instead of sp- feeding your body, you're feeding your spiritual life. Then the last seven days. We just do a liquid fast. And, and, and of course, we, we just a lot of us at that point are just doing water or juice. Some people are still doing coffee. Uh, but in that space, um, as you hunger for food, we want you to hunger for God. And the main reason is we want you to be spiritually led in the next year and not physically. And God actually, Jesus says to his disciples at one point that they, they he says they perverse. And the picture is they're connected to the world, they're and they're unbelieving. Their faith is less. So so we see that Jesus then says, through prayer and fasting, the breakthrough will come. There was this boy who needed healing. And so the picture is, prayer is connecting to God. Fasting is disconnecting with your flesh. So you, you're feeding your spirit, and and I wanna encourage you to be spirit-led and to position your ear next year uh, with us. But we're gonna start talking about creating rhythms in your life this morning. but. I have, who's ever gone in the um, somewhere fast and, and you weren't supposed to go in that pl- to that place? Come on, who's ever followed Google Maps and it sent you in the wrong direction? I've, I've had so many weddings where Google Maps has taken me to the wrong place. It's crazy how many wine farms have also got streets that are named exactly the same thing in Stellenbosch, but they're not the actual wine farm. And then you show up at someone's house is there a wedding here like um, they're like no you're looking for the wine farm that's 25 minutes in that direction and and I've been to weddings where people have shown up late because they got to the wrong place fast you know I even know of a pastor was hilarious he actually went to a church he got invited to preach and he got there two weeks before they actually wanted to get there he was like there on the Sunday they're like hey welcome yes you're preaching in two weeks' time, yeah? Like, you know what I mean? Like, but that's just the eager beaver, hey? Like, you get somewhere fast, and you, you're you not supposed to be going there. And, you know, even though we've been in lockdown, and, and of course, we've experienced all this change, it feels that life's still very fast. Um, I reckon one of the reasons it feels so fast is that we're always connected, I come, in, there's always Wi-Fi. You've always got um, news coming your way. Social media has dominated you, and and you get that that um, that um, weekly rebuke on, from your device on Sundays to tell you how much screen time you've had. Anyone get that your screen time uh, feedback on Sundays? But but we are moving at such a fast pace, and, and people um, now are feeling more than ever rushed. They're feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling anxious. Um, it, it, there's not a enough hours in the day. Anyone sort of feel like that? There's not enough hours in the day to do what you, you want to do. So you, you squeeze for time. You, you, you're you pretty much trying to be in the fast lane and you're multitasking. Hey, everyone, who who can multitask? Guys or girls? Hey, go, let's just do a vote here. Guys can multitask. Hands up. Guys can multitask. Sheesh, there's only a few of you dudes, bro. Ladies can multitask. Let's see wow these ladies are way more confident than guys hey like oh this guys just more humble and god opposes the proud and anyway so let's not go there but but um you know even as i look at this i must admit i'm i'm a guy who's pretty rushed and um, i like speed i like doing things um See, in this season, we've, it's been amazing to launch out in Markborse and then God do a miracle, bringing two congregations, and then then of course launch out in Casper. I, I do enjoy that, but I've also realised that that I also need to learn to have a rhythm that God has once for my life. And Craig O'Shale says, so I looked at some, some of what Craig O'Shale said. I looked at. Um, um, I, I looked at John Mark Comer. He's a phenomenal writer when it comes to your rhythm. And I also looked at a guy named Levi Lusco. So even as I preach, I, I'll mention some of the things they said. But, but I, I've realized that this isn't an area where i flourished in. And I've actually had to look at it. But Craig O'Shell says this, The greatest enemy to the life you want may be the life you're living. The greatest enemy to the life you want may be the life you're living. And my daughters play netball on, on uh, Monday nights. It's it's VRS Rick Strand versus Panorama. They play every Monday night. It's pretty much a friendly game. Uh, but 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 this last Monday, um, they played their first off at the indoor arena. Then they swapped sides, and it was actually quite funny because the Panorama side they swapped sides, but in their minds they didn't, and they kept throwing the ball towards the VRS. Um, goal. And I was just cheering them on. You know what I mean? Like, well done. Uh, um, you know what I mean? And it's so funny. Their parents were like shouting at their kids. Nia, man. You're like, you must stop. There. And it was, they just couldn't get them to stop. And it happened a few times where they, they played in the, rock, the wrong direction. You know, I'm going to share a Chinese proverb with you. And I think if you want to be a great preacher, you need to share this at least every fourth week in a sermon. Anyway, no, I'm joking. But But it says, if you don't change your direction, you'll end up exactly where you are going. (laughs) It's pretty simple, eh? (laughs) If you don't change your direction, you'll end up exactly where you are going. And I want to ask you, if you carried on going in the direction you're going or living the life you're living, would you end up having more peace or more anxiety? Just be honest with yourself. Would your marriage become stronger or would you be more disconnected? Would you fall more in love with your spouse or would you become more irritable with your spouse? Would you be more connected to your family or your children or more disconnected? The way you're living right now, would you be able to save or would you be living in major debt? But you need to ask yourself because here's the thing, you are going somewhere. There's a direction in your life right now. And, and you need to ask yourself if you actually really want to go where you are going. Um, Thomas Merton said this People may spend their whole lives climbing the ladder of success only to find once they reach the top that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Some of us are leaning a ladder, we're climbing it. And we got to the top, we're celebrating, to only realize, this is not where I wanted to be. How many people have got promotions, but it's been a demotion to their marriage and their children? It's been a demotion to their health. And then they realize, this, I actually thought I wanted this, but I don't. I actually didn't want this life, and I think Leanne, started so well last week um, where she spoke about that story where that girl sees her father in a dream and she says, I've done all these things and he says, it's, it's not about that. I've realized it's, it's not about that. You're climbing the wrong ladder. You're actually getting to a place you don't wanna to go to and what's crazy and even if you're in the, going in the right direction if you just go off slightly and then live the rest of your life slightly off you'll end up quite far away from where you wanna go. And we need to ask ourselves these questions. What am I doing right now? Is my life busy? Will it create more anxiety? The crazy thing is, Jesus who we want to follow or are following, never was busy. He was never rushed. He was in the moment. He never lived outside, he was in it. He he spoke to people, he touched people's lives. He, he, He was never in a busy state of mind. And I remember, coming onto staff, and um, Paul Van Coller was our associate, but he was over me, and I saw the youth, and we actually had a conversation one day, we, we committed to never telling people we're busy, because it's actually a lie. Are you really busy? Have you ever got as much time as somebody who's not busy? Yes. Jesus, the, the greatest person to ever walk the planet, was he ever busy? No. Are we called to just being busy? No, are we called to be stewards? Yes. But we're not called to this busy life. And, and Jesus didn't live in this crazy space. Yes, He was about to take the, the sins of everyone on His shoulders. You know, and, and He lived this amazing life. He raised up the, the 12 disciples. He, he honored God. He, he, he did everything His Father wanted Him to do. He trained these men up um, in kingdom values. He he resisted the temptation of the devil. He healed the sick. Um, He he preached uh, the gospel. He lived a fearless life. And he fulfilled 351 Old Testament prophecies in his life. And he was never rushed. The crazy thing is he even took 30 years to prepare for ministry. And then before he went out, he went to do 40 days in the desert. He, He was never rushed. He even... Chose a donkey to enter the city. Come on, he could have got a horse. He got a donkey. Anyone ever see in those times donkeys never got speed fines in the G sub? Now, you know, the horses did, donkeys never. You know what I mean? Uh, He chose a donkey. Like, clearly, we look at his life and he, he walked everywhere. Jesus never ran anywhere. And we get into the space where we we believe the lie of that busy is good. Come on, who feels bad when you're not busy? That you're a bad person? Bad. You're not being a good dad. You're not being a real man if you're not busy. And so, so when people ask you, your first thing is, oh, it's busy, eh? It's been good. Because, <laughs> of course, whatever you celebrate gets repeated. So you think that you're a good person if you're busy and that you're a bad person if you're not. But normally the margin we create in our life and, and the, the pace we create of being able to walk through life and enjoy it comes at the back end of good stewardship. But the lack of stewardship leads to crazy busyness. Overwhelmed, anxious, tired, stressed. And we become dysfunctional. We've got places to be, we got bills to pay, we got clothes to buy that we're not gonna wear, that we might put in our cupboard we got close to wash and then to wash again and then to wash and, you know, we got things to do. We don't have time for meals with our family or deep conversations, a rest and reflection. Um, we don't have time for that anymore, life is too busy. So the greatest enemy of the life we want is probably the life we're living. You must probably, well, if you look at your life, will find that the thing that's coming against what you desire is your schedule. You've just let your schedule happen to you. And of course, we learn that Jesus never ran. In Mark 2 verse 14, it says, Jesus walked along, Keyword: walked along. He saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. Levi got up and followed him. Question, if Levi was following Jesus, would he be running? He'd be walking. If our life is always a rush and always on the run. Are we really following Jesus? Are we really waking up every morning and being led by Him, led by the Holy Spirit? If you find yourself stressed out, exhausted, pretty much always falling apart or on the verge of falling apart, we have to ask ourselves, are we following Jesus? And have we, have we followed his invitation? In Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, and this is in the Message Bible, Eugene Peterson wrote this, this isn't the exact wording from the Bible, but it's like a devotional Bible and it says this, are you tired, worn out, burnt out in religion? Of course, key word there, religion. Religion is doing Christianity without a real relationship with Jesus. Are you burnt out of just being it, just showing up? Going through the motions. Are you burnt out? Come to me. Jesus says, no, no, come to me. Come into relation with me. Come close to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. You know what I mean? like, Get away from the humdrum. Come with me and I'm gonna show you a way to live that will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real, a real rest. And he says real rest. And then he goes on to say this, walk with me and work with me. So Jesus has a way of life where you're walking and you're working that really brings life to you and produces rest. And of course, side note, that before man sinned, God gave people work. Work's actually a blessing. So Jesus you walk with me and you work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitted on you. Keep company with me. So again, relational, keep in relation with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come on, who feels free and light at the end of the year? Or do you feel tired, overwhelmed, on the verge of breaking out and you need a holiday? You actually, you actually like talk, I just, need a, break. I just need a Come on, anyone like me that needs a break, that needs to find a better rhythm. So he says, get away with me, recover your life. Don't just believe what Jesus says. Why don't you live like Jesus lived why don't you live at his speed and and yes Jesus of course at one day he's walking and Jairus comes to him a synagogue leader he says my girl's dying and and Jesus starts to walk with him to his house to to go and see his his daughter and then this woman who's been sick for 12 years with the issue of blood uh, crawls up to him so think about it she crawls to the crowd Jesus couldn't have been walking fast for this woman who's been sick to get to him. Touches the hem of, of Jesus' coat and Jesus turns and, and ends up healing her and speaking to her. And then while he's doing it, so he stops. So Jairus, he's stressed. He, Jairus, the people come back to him. Imagine how much time it would have taken that he comes to him and says, your daughter's just died. Jesus turns and Jairus says, she, it's, it's all right. she's She's dead. Jesus says, don't worry, let's go there. And he walks, again. he doesn't run, he walks. And he goes and heals the daughter. In a way, I reckon he was saying to Jairus, you're worried about even death. You're worried about the time, I couldn't get there. I wanna let you know, I'm in control of time. And I hold life. And I've forgiven sins. See, Jairus, if your life is in my hands, I don't, there's no issue with time, sin, death. I'm in charge of all of that. I'll bring it back to life. I wanna ask you, is your life in His hands? Or is time, your future, is it something that's overwhelming you? Well, why don't you put your life in the hands of the one who holds it all? who's conquered it all and who can walk through this life. The crazy thing, when you walk through this life, I believe you'll appreciate people more. You'll be able to show more love and value to people. You'll be able to honor people more, smile at people, greet them, appreciate them more. But if you're rushed, you can't. But if Jesus wasn't rushed, why are we? I reckon the reason we're rushed is two things. As human beings, we're normally running to something or from something. So you might be running from your past failures, your insecurities, your hurt, your abuse, and, and sometimes you feel like it's catching up and it's and you're like, oh, I better get going because every time I sit down, I feel like my past is catching up with me or I might fall back into it. I wanna remind you that God's actually already closed the door in your past when you came to relationship with Him and He's opened a door that no man can shut your future. I do wanna encourage you to do our Freedom View Group and actually close the door in your past. But, but if you don't do that, you always feel like your past is on the verge of catching you again. So you're running from it. Or you're running to something. Maybe you're single, you're running to marriage. One day when I'm married, that's when I'm gonna, married when I, That's when I'm really gonna be happy. You might be running to success. One day when I've got this much money in the bank and I own these things, this car, this house, that's when I'll be happy. One day when I have this many followers on social media and this many likes, then I'll be an influencer. Because influence have this many, that's the category, or this many followers on YouTube. Once I have that, subscribers, then. I'll be happy. But, but what you don't realize, and what we don't realize, is we're chasing something that leaves us empty. There are great blessings in this life. Things that are gonna bless you in a massive way, but they won't fulfill you. You've got a God-shaped hole. You were made for a person and a place. The person is Jesus, the place is heaven. You've got eternity in your heart, Scripture says in Ecclesiastes. You can only feed that with Jesus. You can't feed that with a marriage. You can't feed that with a house, with a car, with a success. Those things are blessings, but they aren't there to fulfill you. If you think getting married is a thing that's going to make you happy, you must probably find you resent your spouse one day because they'll disappoint you massively. Please release your spouse from filling a space that only God can fill in your life. Your spouse is supposed to be a blessing, but they can only be a blessing to you when God's in your life. But if God's not in your life, you will always ask your spouse to do what you, only God can do, and they can't. You're chasing after things that are gonna make you feel even emptier. But Andre, you don't understand, my life's busy. I and mean, you work at the church, you guys only work on Sundays. Thank you, Jesus. I I've got a full time my life is busy, Andre. This is crazy. It's the American stats. The average American spends 706 hours a year on social media. And you're going, Andre, but I'm not average. <laughs> you know, I'm above average. Yeah. <laughs> if you work that out, of eight hours, an eight hour four that's four and a half months of working hours that is spent on social media on average. And let see, let's face it, all around the world people have spent a lot of time on social media. TV in America, people spend 2,737 hours on TV, on binge watching. That's crazy. Here's one for the guys. The average guy in America, by the age of 21, has spent 10,000 hours playing video games. <laughs> I laugh because I've I actually have never played TV games. I, I'm like, so I, I, I have a chuckle, but I've got a lot of friends who do. What's crazy is if, if you take those 10,000 hours, and, and let's say you got a part-time job before you're 21, and you, you spent, and let's say you made 20 rand an hour, and all of a sudden you got 200,000 rand saved up and you pay for your studies or, or you, you would use 10,000 hours to get a degree or a pilot's license, you can learn to play the piano you can memorize the New Testament you could reconcile the relationship the reason you don't have time for what matters because we spend our time on what doesn't matter that's it the reason you don't have time for what matters is because you and I spend time on what doesn't matter. That's why we don't have time. And, and once we, we realize that, then we'll see that the greatest enemy to the life we want is the life we're living now. So the solution, and Craig Shell says this, is not more time. The solution is more of what matters most. More of what matters most. And Before I practically give you some points, John Mark says this, and it's very interesting. He asks the question, who is God? And then he writes, God is love. You all agree? What's the greatest command? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You guys know that? That's the greatest command in the Bible. It says if you fulfill that command, you fulfill all the commands. And what is love? Love is patient, it's kind. Love is incompatible with hurry. Did you hear that? Love is incompatible with hurry. If you're always in a hurry, you cannot really love. To love somebody is gonna take time, patience, kindness, to love Jesus is going to take some of your time. That's why we say the most valuable thing you'll ever give to Jesus is your time. If you've got no time, you might wake up with no love. No time, no love. Kind of keys up, and I'm going to give you three practical things that you can do. And this is week one. and and Leanne will do next week in the morning, Martin in the evening, and and we'll go on this journey. I promise you, this is gonna add value to you. You might have some work colleagues you wanna invite. This will be a very refreshing series. And I believe you're gonna put some things in place that'll help you to end well, because whatever you end well, you start well. If you wanna end the season well, you can start the next one well. If you're gonna end it well, yeah. So first of all, number one, be present in the moment. Decide, before you, in the morning, wake up, write that. down. Today I'm gonna be present. I'm gonna have faith to believe that you will do something miraculous as I'm present. You will take better care of me, of my health, my finances, everything. So I'm just present. I'm gonna be available. I'm gonna listen to people. I'm gonna see people in need. I'm not just gonna blow them off. And if someone in my family or my friends are hurting, I'm actually gonna phone them and say, how are you going? I'm gonna pray for you. Like see what God does with that. Second thing is, choose what's important, eliminate what's not. You and I, because we're saying yes to following Jesus, we will learn to say no to what is not following Jesus. If you want to have a great yes, you're gonna have to have some really good no's. If you're just a yes man, then you're not really gonna reach your destiny or be a blessing to your family. But, but you, you're gonna have to say yes to what's important, no to what's not. The most valuable currency you have to spend is your attention. What are you gonna focus on? We should reject the idea and the notion of of normal if normal isn't healthy. Oh, but that's normal, Andre. We reject it then. If normal is in a hurry, stressed, divorced, Um, having a heart attack overwhelmed I reject it I'm not going to live a normal life then I'm going to live a God life I'm going to follow Jesus can we start to live a life based on calling and conviction not just normalcy and addiction so you know what David does David had some stuff he had to face He had a lion and a bear try to attack the sheep he was taking care of. He ends up facing Goliath, the giant, takes him down. Then everyone loves him. Next thing you know, he marries the king's daughter and then the king starts to hate his guts and wants to have him killed. So he has to run out the land, live in caves. He's he's like, you know, a fugitive. On the run, the king's trying to kill me. You know, he had some stresses. But, But you know what David did so well and Daniel also did in the Bible, they had a framework. This is David's framework, he says, In Psalm 55 and 16, I'll call on God and the Lord will rescue me morning, noon, and night. I'll cry in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. Daniel, he lived in a foreign land in Babylon and there was a decree that you couldn't pray. And what did Daniel do? It says, now when Daniel knew in Daniel 6 verse 10 that the writing was signed, so they signed this decree. He went home in his upper room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times a day. I reckon it would be morning, noon, and night. He prayed and gave thanks before his God. And was, this was his custom since his early days. This was something he did from a, when he was a young man already. Anyone watch The Block? Anyone watch The Block? I enjoy it. They've got Block Australia, Block New Zealand, but I've been watching Block Australia. Now this last week I saw um, on Catch Up, they, I watched the one program and they did a garden, front garden week. And the, the one couple um, actually put up this framework and people were laughing, oh, it looks like antennas, you know, the, the other contestants. And when the, the judges came in, they were like, wow, this is awesome, and look at that. That, I can just see it. The, the plant's gonna grow over that framework, and, and wow, what they've created. This is gonna create such a future for this garden. It's gonna look extraordinary. Like the judges could see the potential, that the framework positioned them for a future. I wanna ask you what your schedule is positioning you for. Do you connect with God every morning? Do you pray? You know, you know, it's like pregame. You have a quiet time, pregame. Then you need to have a check in. Just even the office, just go, go to the, the loop. Put, like, put some worship on like, in your earphones and just pray again. I'm here with you. I just want to thank you for leading me so far. I just love you, Jesus. Will you lead me? I'm just going to slow it down because I know you're not running. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with me. Before you go to bed, just again connect with Jesus. Create a framework. That, can, that fruit can grow on? The fruits of the Spirit, patience, love, kindness, joy, peace, self-control. Have you got a framework that they can grow on? Or have you created no framework? You pretty much, anything that comes your way gets your attention. A lot of us actually think that God needs to, if I just meet this guy or if I just, this moment, or God just answers this, and we think that, that our breakthrough happens in big moments, and we, we, we forget that, that the framework positions us for breakthrough. It's like, I'm in the house, every morning I'm having a quiet time, I worship God, I honor Him in time, talent and treasure, just continuously. I found, of course, uh, I'm, getting, I'll, I'm in my 22nd year now, being on staff and been in church for, before that, this church, and, and the, the snowball effect, the accumulated interest of commitment is mind blowing, our framework. Why don't you position yourself? position your kids? Lastly, sense God's presence and recognize His voice. I don't know if you know the story of Mary and Martha. Two sisters, Jesus comes to their house. Martha is like getting all the food ready, like hey, like all the food ready. Mary sits at Jesus' feet. Martha actually gets upset. Jesus, can you tell my sister to help me? Jesus says, you're worrying about all these things, she's chosen the right thing. Listen, I don't say, I'm not speaking against serving. We need to learn to serve, because Jesus served. But, but what we've seen in this picture is Mary, it's like she sat, positioned herself, and she recognized Jesus' voice. Later on, Mary takes perfume, breaks it over Jesus' feet, and the disciples say, what's she doing? One disciple even says, she could, that money could have been spent on the point. Jesus says, she knows what she's doing. She knows this will be the only chance to anoint me for my burial, for what's about to happen, the death, my death on the cross. None of the other disciples actually understood. Jesus said, she understands. There's something about learning to hear God's voice that allows you to get ready for what God's about to do. And even as you start to do this every day, God will start to say things to you, give you peace about the future. Already say, I've got your your hand, I'm about to bless you. You're gonna be the head and not the tail. I've got you in my hand, I hold time, I can overcome death, I can can bring healing, I've got you in my hand, I'm about to do a miracle. And what happens when you start to get used to hearing his voice and how does that happen? Well, you know when you get used to someone's voice when they phone you and you recognize their voice immediately? Every day you start to just read your word, I promise you, you'll start to recognize God speaking to you. That framework is gonna help you, and you'll position yourself. So Jesus, right throughout his life, walking, was walking in a direction. As He healed people as he preached, as he raised up um, the disciples, he was walking. Uh, do you guys know where he was walking? He was walking to the cross. He was about to lay his life down on the cross, pay the the price for the sins of the world, because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He was about to gift us with forgiveness. And he walked to the cross. When you start to follow Jesus, you'll start to walk. But as you walk with him, you're also gonna walk to a place where you're gonna become generous. And you will also one day sacrifice so that others may live, that others may hear the gospel. You won't have to do it on a cross. But if you're gonna follow him, I wanna let you know, he walked to a cross. And I believe as we follow him, you find these rhythms of grace. It will be our greatest privilege to serve people. Because the framework that we've created and our ears have become more tender to him, to his voice, we'll confidently be generous to our world. We'll serve and overflow. So I wanna encourage you, week one, I wanna invite you on this, this new rhythm that you can have in your life. But maybe you're watching online, you're in Camps Bay, you're in Table View and you're not following Jesus. You're not in a relation with Him. And 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 I said it, the, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. They, they say hell is full of people who try to pay their own bill, and heaven is full of people who said they can't pay it. Jesus, will you pay it? It can sound harsh, and, and that's why we have to tell people, Jesus paid the price for your sin please receive the free gift of salvation but even as you receive the free gift of salvation it's not only about asking him to forgive you of your sins it's also about making him lord of your life Jesus has never come third he's never come fourth or fifth he's only come first if Jesus isn't first in your list he's not on your list and if Jesus isn't first in your list he's not the lord of your life and that's why we encourage people to receive forgiveness and make him the lord of their life and if you need to receive forgiveness right now or and or maybe you he's not the lord of your life anymore and you need to just come back to him and put him in first place i want to give it an opportunity to tell you mouth and online you want to close your eyes quickly If that's you, I wanna lead you in a prayer. And scripture says, as you acknowledge Christ before others, our Father, Christ will acknowledge you before our Father in heaven. It's simple. I would want you to acknowledge to me and to to Matt and the team at Camps Bay and online, you can message us, you can direct message us. But but I'm gonna count to three and I want you, if that's you, you need to pray that prayer. Just go, that's me, lead me in that prayer. I'm gonna put Jesus first in my life or i to receive the forgiveness of Jesus. One, God loves you so much. Two, today's the day of salvation. You have to wait one more day. Three, pop your hand up if that's you. Anyone? Just let me see. Give me a wave. Andre, I need to come back to Jesus. Awesome. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Camps Bay, pop your hand up if that's you. You know, you come back to Jesus. Put him first. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's pray together. Let's pray as a church family, Telview, tell Camps Bay and online. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today, I want to acknowledge that I'm a sinner, but thank you that you're the Savior. I receive the free gift of salvation. Today, I also want to make you Lord of my life. You got first place. Will you lead me? I want to walk with you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's just thank Jesus. Tailview, Camps Bay, online. I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Remind you that that um, online you can join us at Tableview uh, for Growth Track, uh, New Growth Track in your at the Campspace High School. Matt's going to take over from now. And online, I'm going to say goodbye to you. And then everyone. In the building, at table view. I want to remind you guys: this is a table view announcement. If you are a dream teamer, if you're part of the, if you're a partner, and I want to welcome anyone. Tuesday night, we're making an announcement about the transition that really will um, affect this location. Uh, it's not a transition that I'm taking. It's just something that has always been um, the next step for the church when it comes to leadership, eldership, oversight. Um, we're not leaving the OG or anything, but but. It's It's an important announcement that we would like you to attend. Um, If you don't attend, we'll mail it out on Wednesday. Uh, But it's an open meeting and you can ask any questions. Uh, But it doesn't, the change um, isn't a massive change for us as a church, but we need to still make you aware of it. So we'd love for you to be on Tuesday at 7 p.m. in this auditorium. Um, um, And remember, if you need to take a next step, get into a view group. We've got a next steps area and prayer requests you'll see as you walk out the doors. Have a blessed day. Cheers, guys.